Hey, this is Patrick Shea from the U.S. Def National Team, and you're listening to the Moss Football Podcast. Yo, welcome back to the Mass Football Podcast, the number one soccer podcast in Oklahoma City. I'm your host, Ricardo Yoa, and with me today, the man with the plan, Paulo Lopez. What is up? How are you today? Dude, I'm good. I'm vibing, chilling, loving the, I mean, not loving, but the weather's kind of hot, but loving it, you know? And you made it on time for this one? I did. There was no way you were going to be there. There was no way, because I was already here. Because we just recorded a podcast like five (laughs) minutes ago. Shout out to the Chickasha guys. Um... But first, let me start off with saying thank you to the sponsors, uh, Legacy Real Estate Group. Uh, If you're looking for a house, they're definitely the ones we recommend. I personally use them, and I kid you not, the experience was smooth. I was getting married, and I needed a house as soon as possible. So I probably looked at 20 houses in a matter of two days and was able to make a decision within three and look at me now. Look at you now. But yeah, definitely go for them. Ask for Rosy Trujillo, Veronica Ulloa. They're both my aunts. They kill it. They kill it. Also, Paula Saldana. She's a friend. She oh, works you, too. she works yeah. there too? Yeah. Nice, dude. Loving it, yeah. Legacy has it going on. She loves it there, right? Yep. Awesome. Well, shout out to Legacy. Also, shout out to Selva Studios. Mm-hmm. They are doing pop-ups all over the city. Look them, at, look them up on their Instagram. Their schedule is on their Instagram. Uh, bring a piece of the Selva to your house one plant at a time mm-hmm. with Selva Plant Studios. Uh, but for today... We have ourselves a very, very special guest. This guy reached out to me in a DM, and now he's here. Uh, he did participate in a few World Cup for the Deaf World Cup for soccer. He's a local guy from Oklahoma City, so you might have seen him around at your local indoor spot. But the man is uh, Patrick Shea. How you guys doing today? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. A little uh, hot in the, on the weather, but I'm, I'm, I'm good. Just... The heat's not... I'm never really used to the heat, and that's the no. Irish in me. Oh, yeah. Dude, the Oklahoma heat started early this year. It did. Very it's early. like bad. We started... We we complained about it not being here at the end of May and how it was cold, but that switch flipped so fast. Fast. And I've been living in Oklahoma all my life. This is a different type of heat I felt, and I yeah. don't know if it's any different from the past when I was a kid, but this has felt way different. It is. You gotta be careful and protect yourself from this heat. Oh, well, he, he is. He's, he said he's drinking like a gallon of water a day. A gallon of water a day? Jeez. Always, always. Yeah, we'll, t- we'll get into that here in a second. <laughs> but, um, you're from Ireland? Well, I'm mostly German, but my, my dad's side of the family is from Ireland and my grandfather and so, uh, my great-grandfather and so uh, escaped from Ireland to England during their whole war times at the time. Really? Moved to America, and that's how we pretty much created mm-hmm. my dad's side of the family. My mom's side is all German. Really? Born and raised in Germany, and I was born in Germany for a little bit until my dad was in the military at the time and moved here to the United States. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's well, a big cultural like mix, huh? Like right. the Irish and then the Germans. That's you pretty should, cool. You should see the wed- You should see the weddings when we bring in the Irish and German families, and it's too much. <laughs> sounds like a party. <laughs> sounds like a party. And, oh, and yeah. like if if you think of two like people that can drink, it's mm-hmm. going to be the Irish and the Germans. Oh, so yeah. like now I'm just like, man, those parties must get I crazy. Mean, we're lucky he's only drinking a gallon of water a day. Yeah, imagine a gallon it. of beer a day. <laughs> it was it, I'm not surprised if there's Guinness in that. Guinness? Uh, I do water. like it. It's water. It's just water. <laughs> <laughs> well, but anyways, for the people that don't know you, please tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm Patrick. I was born in Germany, lived in Laden most of my life, and uh, grew up playing soccer, ended up playing for the U.S. Deaf National Team for about 10 years, mm-hmm. recently retired in 2021, and just been an ambassador for the team ever since and wanting to share my story, not only share my story, but encourage other kids to uh, be able to achieve their dreams in the sports world and any type of sport they want to play. Wow. That's, the yeah, World Cup, dude. That's awesome. How did... Uh, I mean, yeah, kudos to that. Shout out, for sure. Um, so talk to us, talk to the listeners about some of the uh, issues that you have gone, uh, have you, you've gone through uh, with soccer itself. Yeah. Like, how have you adapted your game to it? How have you adapted yourself? It was a, mostly a lifetime kind of practice because soccer uh-huh. is full of communication. You have to communicate in the field. You have to talk to your teammates. Yeah. So I didn't get that full experience in terms of hearing on the field because I have to take my hearing aid off because if I sweat too much it's going to ruin the hearing aid yeah. and that's a lot of money to replace yeah, yeah, it yeah. 
So it's a lot of basically knowing my teammates and knowing their movements, knowing their style of play. That way I can kind of get used to remember what they're doing on the field and get used to uh, the position they're on. Like I know my, let's say my friend uh, Zane, he's not the fastest, but he's a technical guy. But he makes these small little uh, fake runs where he fakes to the left and he make, goes to the right. So I would provide a pass that way because I, I know he's going to do that. And, yeah. Uh, it's a lot of memory and memorizing yeah. your players and memorizing how their styles go. And it's always um, it's always troublesome if I'm going to try out for a team. Like, I did the energy combine, so so you're in there, you don't know these guys, so you got to kind of adapt Learn quickly, pretty fast. Huh? And I, I've seen him play at ISA, and yeah. even refing has to change a little bit. I, what, what do they do for the refs there? I think I've seen someone raise their hand or something yeah, like that. They all have flags. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, of course, you can't hear the, hear the whistle, so you'll have your moments where your player's offside and they're mm-hmm. going to keep going, mm-hmm. and that happens a lot. That's normal. Uh, it's basically they all raise their flags, and all the players, if they know a flag is raised, everybody yeah, gets yeah. their hands up so everybody's aware that hey, I seen a it whistle is kind of just lets everybody know. That's pretty cool. Like, it's yeah. cool that like there's a community. Like, I, didn't even, I personally didn't even know that there's a community like that. I didn't, I didn't even know there was a World Cup, so I'm glad that there's like um, – some uh, recognition being brought out, and I'm glad that you reached out to Ricardo, and we're getting that story out of yeah. you know because it's mass football, it's more football. Yeah, Everybody thank you guys for having me here too. Sure. Yeah. Um, so you were born in Germany, mm-hmm. came to Lawton. Um, where did you? How did your like soccer career start? Like, did you play like at a rec team? Did you play somewhere, or how did that start? Well, in, what started was uh, in Germany when I was just a little baby, kicking the ball, and so and my uncles in Germany, my mom's brothers all played second division, third division, Bundesliga. Really? Oh, so I developed that trait from them. So this is a family thing. Like it's oh, a yeah. family tradition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. My, my dad's side of the family, they were in soccer. People nice. at all, they was mostly football and mm-hmm. skateboarding because they lived in Washington at the time. But uh, it was a family thing from my mom's side of the family. So my uncles contributed a lot to helping me getting better in soccer when I was a little kid. Bruffing you up. You know, oh, you know yeah. oh, yeah. Who did they, uh, who did they uh, support in the Bundesliga? Hmm. What? Who did they support in the Bundesliga? Oh, they... My uncle Jürgen supports Vita Bremen. Okay. Uh, my majority of my family support Eintracht Frankfurt. Frankfurt. And they're happy right now because they won the yeah, Europa, yeah. Europa League. So the first trophy for Frankfurt in a long time. So they're, they're yeah. probably still partying. That's probably cool. <laughs> still partying. <laughs> Who do you is, support? Do you support anybody? Uh, at the moment, it's Bayern München because of my favorite player, Bastian Schweinsteiger. Mm, and okay. he's always been my favorite player, so that's why I support Bayern. It's a cop-out. I get it. <laughs> I get it. It's all right, though. We we all have to have our guy. Yeah. You know what I'm you saying? You have to yeah. have that guy. And Bastian was definitely one of those guys. Balling. So cla- yeah, you, didn't, you didn't get to see him when he came to the MLS? Unfortunately, I was too busy with the soccer, and yeah. I was in college, so I couldn't yeah. make the time to do anything. But hopefully I'll see him if he ever does like does like a MLS ambassador kind of deal, whatever mm-hmm. charity, then like I want to see him. I'll be there. I got to see David Beckham and I'm hope David Beckham when he was here, I got to shake his hand. So that yeah, was a big awesome. moment for me. That's cool, yeah. yeah that's Not a lot of people cool. get to shake David Beckham's hand. Oh uh, no. Was, yeah, that's awesome. I said I didn't as a kid I was like, I don't want to wash his hand ever again. Yeah, <laughs> and I shook your hand, so I also so, shake yeah. David Beckham's hand too. So I shook his hand too then. Yeah. yeah I guess. But um yeah, so so you're growing up, your your uncles are kinda of showing you the game. Yeah. Um was Bastian always your favorite player? Or did you have one growing up like that? You Bastian Fein Schweinsteiger has always been my favorite player. I guess you can count uh, Dennis Bergkamp because oh. I was an Arsenal kind, mm-hmm. kind of guy in the English league, and Dennis Bergkamp was just an amazing player to watch when I was a kid. And back then, soccer was barely on TV, so whenever you saw on Saturday mornings, that's mm-hmm. the team you watched, and it was Arsenal and Dennis Bergkamp. And I think he scored a goal for I don't know what team he scored against, but. I just remember being amazed by him and just like, I, I, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. Iceman is definitely one of those guys. I think when it comes to like first touch, Dennis Bergkamp has been that guy who the best. Is, it's insane. The best. It's insane. But uh, okay, so then you come to Lawton uh, and then do you play in Lawton for a I, bit? I played for the Lawton Soccer Club. At the time, it was Lawton United. Okay. Before uh, U.S. Soccer made a deal, uh, Soccer Federation had a little uh, collaboration with Lawton Soccer and then we built from there. But it was a, it was Lawton United, and at the time we didn't have the best fields, we didn't have the best equipment. Basically, bring your own ball to practice, and um, my coach would go to Home Depot and build just tech, technical gear like sticks to pretend it was a wall and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And 
developed from there and uh, as a kid it was a, still a struggle because you're I always felt I always felt like my teammates were a little ahead of me because they were they could hear and communicate I just did the best I could and the best I could was play a situational awareness we mm-hmm. when, remember when you were playing soccer coaches always told you learn you play what you see back, basically you can only play what you see I did that like every three seconds mm-hmm. and that's how I kind of became my showed my awareness on the field mm-hmm. and got better at it as I progressed through my middle school age, high school age. Have you always been deaf? Oh, hard of hearing, yes. Hard of hearing? When I was born, I was born with microasia and golden heart syndrome, so I did not have a right ear. This okay. is basically 25 surgeries of plastic mm-hmm. stuff. And stuff. I didn't, and microasia, and basically when you're part of your jaw or ear, skull comes undeveloped. So that was basically my ear, my eardrum. Hmm. And uh, thankfully, my dad was in the military at the time because that would cost a lot in surgery money. Mm-hmm. But I uh, had about 20 plus surgeries to help fix that ear. So I had a lot of time away from schools, a lot of time mm-hmm. away from the practice field. Heck, I would go to the practice field bandaged up, mm-hmm. ready <laughs> so to play. Funny. There you go. But it sounds like for you, soccer was kind of what, I guess, kept your feet on the ground. Oh, yeah. Right? It was my escape. It was something I always loved to do. And, uh, Emotionally, it still gets me emotionally because mm-hmm. it's like, man, I, I would have I had to. Doctors would tell you take a rest for a good two weeks, and like, you're not gonna tell an eight year old kid that. Like, yeah, to do I, that. I can't imagine what kind of difficulties it brings. But then they're yeah. just like, you, you can't do this, this, and that. Like, you can't hit her a soccer ball. You can't do this, this, and that. And then, no, yeah. watch me. <laughs> I, I got, I got. It wasn't until high school where I was able to have the confidence to head the ball because that yeah. was. One of the things? Yeah. So, what position did you play? In high Striker. school at the time was forward and wing. Okay. And then when I made it to the national team, my coach felt right, felt it was best for me to play left, right, back, and I loved that position. Okay, and cool. If I remember correctly, watching him at indoor, he's the kind of guy that puts his head down, and once he puts his head down, he's gone with a pew. You know, it's kind of like that. That's the sign. Boom, and he's gone. It's really quick. But yeah, putting goals back That's in That's cool. There. I thank my uncles for that. They Instead of like, when they trained me, that you're not going to touch the soccer ball. You're going to get on the ladders. You're mm-hmm. going to get on the cones. And you're going to work yeah. on quickness. And my uncles contribute a lot. And I still tell kids this today. Uh, a lot of kids that in play soccer during the summer, like when whenever they want to get to the field, mm-hmm. they they always do free kicks and stuff, which yeah. is not a bad thing. But I tell them how many free kicks you make it in the game. Yes, yes. You might as well just work on. Uh, technical skill, mm-hmm. getting your quick feet, ladder skills, and that's going to be helped more tremendously on the field than mm-hmm. it is for take free kicks, which is not a bad free no. kicks is not a bad thing. No. No. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, how many are you going to take? And how many how many runs are you going to make? In exactly. You know, We're going to make more on, runs than yeah, more free kicks for sure. You. So then you played high school. It sounds like the World Cup came for you after high school. After high school, it was. So how I, did that how did that start? Like you played high school. Well, yeah. first tell me how did your high school career go? Well, my classical career, I was varsity all four years, but I didn't get much playing time until my junior or senior mm-hmm. year. And uh, it was still a struggle because at the time, and they're way better men now than they were then, but we were we had these cliques, and mm-hmm. it was hard to work as a team because when you had certain players that yeah. worked as a clique. Uh, but when junior year came, that was when everything felt right. In my, mm-hmm. I felt right, and... We were starting clicking, but we made the playoffs, but we didn't get too far. Then senior year came. We uh, were undefeated, became ESPN's top 40 in high schools in the country. Nice. And uh, we went to the semifinal and lost to Booker T. Washington at the time. Mm-hmm. But I have to give props to my team there because that day I look fondly on those memories because those guys individually were great players. We worked together as a team, and they're – most of them are doing well right now, mm-hmm. and anytime we saw the teammate was struggling life, we would reach out to them and help yeah. them in any kind, any way we can. But I look fondly on them, and I give all the props to my teammates, and I wish I could name all of them right yeah. now and tell them all their attributes, but that's going to take like an hour. Yeah, yeah. I would, <laughs> but they know um, who they are and what they do. Yes. And that's good. And I'm very proud of Mac because we were teammates and mm-hmm. Mac, and... The fact that he's become a better man now and becoming a head coach and winning state championship. Yeah, and he's won other awards after that too. So yeah. it's just crazy. His goal in high school was to win state championship for the high school, and like everybody's yeah. goal. But we never, we never got to win the state championship. But now seeing him as a coach and him seeing looking at it differently now that 
he's a lot happier that he achieved a goal, mm-hmm. but in a different way, coaching yeah. realm. Do you think this one's a little bit more rewarding for Matt having the one as a coach as opposed to a player, maybe? I think well, so, because I think yeah. as a player, you're you're kind of just stuck on like what you have to do. You know, yeah. what you what you can Your support. Job. Yeah, like if you're a goalkeeper, you have this, this you know safe shots. shots. If you're a striker, you got to score. You know, if you're a midfielder, you got to whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think as a coach, you have to do all those things. Like you yeah. have to make sure that your keeper does what he has to do. That your midfielders, defenders, and everybody. And I think it's just like a, it, it's I feel like it'd be much more rewarding as as it is for a a coach and then a player, just because coaches do. Monday through let's say yeah. Saturday practice and then you have your game on Sunday you know so you're you're like in the back like on Sunday you're basically behind the curtain because mm-hmm. you're letting your stars do what they have to do but you're that guy that's been like you know do this do that do this train this train that so mm-hmm. I think once you get that state championship you see all your fruition yeah. for like 15 players instead of just you know one mm-hmm. and, with, and without a doubt he's impacted a lot of the players and their families too and for sure they're, they're going to talk to us about this for years and probably like in a 10 year reunion or so they're going to say he helped my son go to college he helped my son coach Matt that's a big I, thing and, and for us he's just like there's, there's our friend Matt killing yeah. it that's yeah. what's up that's shout cool. out to coach Matt so then you uh, play high school uh do you go play college anywhere, or how does I, that how does I that was work? not recruited, now I'm scouted, and at okay. the time, I wasn't putting the effort because I was just, I was a very naive kid, I wasn't really the smart kid at the time, and I didn't know, I thought, oh, the scouts will come and look at us, I didn't know that, oh, you have to turn in some film, you have to turn in some stuff like that, so at the kid, I wasn't really thinking that, I was just thinking, oh, they're going to come and watch yeah. me, hopefully yeah, yeah. did that. Uh, that didn't happen, and I just took. I just decided to go to Cameron University and play uh, small club soccer, small adult league, just to kind of get myself going. I almost went to Southwestern Christian at the time, but at the time, I my gut feeling just says don't do it. And I wanted to play soccer so bad, but that something didn't feel right with me. And no, no negative towards South Christian, Southwestern Christian. They were great college, great players. But great you had players. received an omen, like yeah. something deep down said, mm-hmm. it's, this is not your time yet. No, not yet. right. And, uh, you know, by the grace of God, I was able to, at the, at the time I was a kid, I was just a very insecure little shy kid. I was like, has there, has there, has there ever been a deaf soccer player? And I just decided to look it up. Mm-hmm. First link that says U.S. Deafs, National Deafs Soccer Team. Really? Really, I would Google it up like, oh, this is interesting, clicked on it, and it wasn't the best website page. It was a very, like, mm-hmm. uh, lack of a better word, cheaply made kind of website, mm-hmm. but I love them. They're, yeah. I love my friends then. <laughs> but, but, um, <laughs> but then there was, like, a contact information. If you want to try out contact, email, mm-hmm. and so, mm-hmm. and I did that. A couple of days later, I got an email. I was like, hey, uh, Give us your information that you played in high school, blah, 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 and we'll set you guys up, and we have a tryout in Columbus, Ohio. So I'm going to Columbus, Ohio, and it's like, hey, uh, did the whole training camp, and the coach like what I did, and it's like, hey, you want to play your first game at Columbus Crew Stadium? I was like, what? <laughs> what? Hmm? So Columbus Crew Stadium, that's basically, the at the, yeah, t- that- at the time, it's Mecca, U.S. Mm-hmm. soccer. That's where the craziest that the fans go to mm-hmm. to have the biggest games against Mexico, against mm-hmm. all Canadians. It's Columbus. Canada. It's the only place. It, it's far up north, so and it, the idea is that hopefully they don't come up this far to <laughs> watch them play. But uh, that was my first game with the U.S. team was in Columbus Crew wow. Stadium, and that was a, I was very... That was fast. Oh, yeah. That was like from here it to just hit him out of nowhere. For, by clicking one link, he went from Oklahoma Lawton mm-hmm. to Columbus. How close is this from the time that you were going to go to Southwestern Christian? Christian? That was right after. That right was after. basically, uh, this was 2012, so that was right after that school year. Yeah. Dang. So you play then? You played that game? Yeah. Started? How'd it go? It was, it went well. Uh, we lost 1 0 to this, uh, I think it was the Columbus University High School college okay. team. We, we played the college team at the time because at the time, US Def Soccer and other countries, Canada, and so they didn't have that budget mm-hmm. to fly their players in so and this is what I want to talk about because at the time U.S. soccer we had to pay for our own plane tickets our own hotel so I had to stay like extra hours at work to stay to put it aside to the plane tickets and money not only that but miss work to go play as well so it's like you're double negative there and we didn't and 
when when I was very surprised at Columbus, we did, we couldn't get a hotel, a team hotel done, so we had to stay at the uh, Ohio School for the Deaf, mm. and we had to stay in these military bunk beds, so oh. they're not comfortable, but mm. they're beds. Yeah, it's yeah, a bed, and uh, we've progressed so much so far in the years that today, thankfully, uh, I think it was in February, we announced that we we're actually U.S. Soccer Federation is actually going to work with us and pay for our hotels, pay for. Yeah plane tickets and pay for new uniforms because <coughs> excuse me we had the usa jerseys we have a hand-me-down so we have so we're playing my first game for the usa team mm. we were wearing usa jerseys from 2006 Dang. so we progressed a lot yeah. from there that's cool yeah kudos to that shout out to uh to you guys for you know progressing every single time and it sucks that you're the one that has to be like that you know the guinea pig to where yeah. all that stuff is going on but i think uh because of how big soccer has gone in the U.S., I think we're going in the right direction. Because, yeah. I mean, we just spoke to the Chickasha guys. Chickasha is, this, I mean, Lawton as well is a small small yeah. town, you know. But uh, soccer has progressed so much that, like, there's so much quality now everywhere. Like you're saying, you know, the U.S. Federation's taking taking note yeah. that, hey, this is, this is the right path. Yeah. So kudos to that. And it's great to see the high school teams have a lot more fans, yeah. a lot more parents mm-hmm. in the stadium than was back then. It would be mostly our parents... And the fact that I could see high school teams have a stands full of students, and so that's... And I think uh, one of the biggest reasons why we kind of wanted to start this podcast is because of the same thing that you're talking about. Um, You said that you were naive. You didn't know that you needed to kind of put your name out there. And I think this is one of the biggest reasons why we do it. Like that, So coaches could come on, and they could be like, hey, this is what we're looking for. This is what we need, da-da-da-da. But then it's also like we're consistently letting the community know, hey, this is what you have to do to try to play college, yeah. to try to do this, this and that. So I think this is another great step for us. I think it's a big goal for us to, to spread soccer everywhere that yeah. we don't even know. But like I said, I personally didn't know that there was uh, a U.S. you know deaf national team. Mm-hmm. So it's great that the community is able to understand that too. Yeah, and it's, it's so great to see it progress ever since the 2014 World Cup when we saw the streets of Bricktown filled up with soccer fans for when USA played Ghana, they played the, yeah. the Dutch. And, it's, and I can't wait to do that again this later this year when we're playing England on a day off. I'm like, oh, yeah. I think that's like, what, the 24th? Isn't that Thanksgiving Day? After, day after Thanksgiving. Day after Thanksgiving? Wait, so, so, you, so you played for the U.S. national team. Yeah. But you're German. So do you support... No, he's American and German. His well, yeah, German but it, his, his, his German, his her- yeah, heritage, heritage is German. Yeah, yeah. But it's a FIFA s- rule kind of deal. Yeah, but there. Like, I'm talking about support-wise. Like, do you support the U.S. or do you support Germany? Uh, 2018, when the U.S. didn't make it, I supported Germany, of course. Because <laughs> okay, yeah. it's, like, it's like for us, like, I mean, yeah. well, for you, you're, you're Mexican-American. Mm-hmm. And you support Mexico. Mm-hmm. You, but you could also support... I could do both if I wanted yeah. to. For me, it's just like, I'm from Mexico. I yeah. just, you know... Yeah. Support Mexico. He doesn't support Mexico. <laughs> but this is the great thing. We're about, not going to get into that. But this is the great thing about it, this country is we're all mixed yeah. Yeah. pot of people. And it, to be honest, I don't care who you support. It, this is for the love of the game. And the World Cup's the funnest time of the year. Mm-hmm. Have fun. Drink. Let's celebrate a goal. Let's get wet with beer. Yeah, this sucks is that the best part. We're not doing that right now. But yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess we'll have to do it in November. Yeah. I noticed that. It was like, I noticed that it was like, it's June 4th. Like, Wasn't the World Cup supposed to Isn't start? Yeah, like my memories weird. was like, where were you four years ago on June seventeenth? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mexico beat Germany. <laughs> you yeah. know? Oh, that that hurt. Did that it hurt? hurt? Yeah, that hurt. That was no lie, and I'm sorry to. He make was like, that hurt. he was like, you didn't have to bring that up. Let me, I'm sorry to make it even worse for you, but that was like low key one of the best days of oh, my yeah. life. That was uh, my birthday, yeah. June seventeenth. That was my first Father's Day ever, yeah. and then I, and then just to put it on top of that, just to have a little little uh, chuquilosano go sprinkled on top, <laughs> you know. In uh, Germany at the time, I guess they just lacked the chemistry. You could tell they were a lot of young players and not a lot of veterans, so they lacked that chemistry. And you could see it, and Mexico did a heck of a good job, mm-hmm. mostly cardio-wise, because they had mostly their endurance mm-hmm. levels yeah. ahead of Germ- Germany. And you-, you could see that Germany was exhausted. You don't think it was the curse? The World Cup champion curse? Heaven. Sure. I mean, uh, we'll <laughs> see. We'll find out if it's real. I, I personally thought it was the curse. France I, I, isn't doing well with friendlies right now. So we'll see. I mean, they lost to Denmark. They tied yeah. to so Austria. So if they don't make it out of the group, it could be that the curse it's, is real. See, if, if, okay, so if France doesn't do it, I think we all have to be in accordance that, like, hey, there is a curse. Because yeah. France has that has basically yeah. the same squad yeah. that they had. And they had the even same. Even better younger. Even well, better younger guys. 
No, I would yeah, say better. Mean, no, yeah, because yeah. you have Kunde, who's a center back, yeah. who plays. But were they better than probably Mbappe one of the greatest midfielders of all time? Yeah, right they now. have. You know, they have some of the best. Thing. They have Mbappe, who owns PSG now. Like, they, I mean, but Ant- Antoine Griezmann is losing his flow a little bit, but I think him coming back to Atletico Madrid could probably yeah, give exactly. it back to them. And then you have you know have Hernandez, who's who's been popping off for them. They're mm-hmm. a fullback. I think he's a left fullback. Yeah. And uh, there's they're they're actually a lot of French players have found success outside of like France, obviously. Because, mm-hmm. but like I said, I, I don't know about this curse, man. It's crazy. <laughs> no, we will see. We will see. But about World Cups, like how when was your what was the first World Cup you participated? In? Uh, 2016 in Italy. 2016. And we were in the group of death at the time. Really? Who was it? Was, it, was, it, was, it was us, Japan, Russia, and Greece. Where was this being held at? Italy. Uh, Italy. In Italy? I mean, dang. How, how was the preparation to that? Because obviously you're in the national team yeah. for a while, but then you know you see the World Cup coming from afar, so you kind of want to prepare yourself a little differently. I had to take a year off from college because mentally I needed to put all my focus in fitness and getting ready for the World Cup. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that, was a, that was a better taste I had to swallow because I wanted to, this is my dream. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get there. College was in the way because it was just too much going on, mm-hmm. and work is was on the way too. By the way, in the national team, like most of us play our local clubs and so, but we're all men working too. We're all you don't get paid. Are, you didn't get paid. No, to go we don't to get paid. To, mm-hmm. We're all working. We're all some most some of the guys are lawyers. Some of the guys are construction workers. Some of the guys are at the college at the time, so we had to re- rely on fundraising to get there because it was five thousand to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, did the whole GoFundMe thing didn't start out too well. I was marketing over there, but uh, something wasn't right. Something wasn't clicking. It could have been me not being knowledgeable and using my words right and so, but yeah. but uh, you lesson learned from there. And thankfully, my local news station mm-hmm. did a story with me because they, they found out about it. I didn't know how they found it, but thankful for them. And because of that news story they did for me, that helped the fundraising to make it to $3,000. Did I achieve that goal to 5000 I did not. But 3000 and I went to my bank and said, hey, I'd like to have a loan for $2,000 to fulfill this mm-hmm. gap. Dream. So, to fulfill this, <laughs> this dream. dream, not yeah. gap, the dream. Yeah, I didn't care about paying it back. I'll pay it back, of course, right. but it was, it was getting there, the goal, and mm-hmm. I was able to get there, yeah. That's Damn. awesome. And Italy, dude? Sheesh. That's crazy. Do you remember how it felt after you got that five? That, that what your five thousand to be able to go it it felt great in knowing that i'm gonna what, turn this camera on real quick uh, but yeah keep going uh, keep going it felt more sweeter getting the email to fundraise because but then that email that tell they tell you this is the 23 men we're picking to go to the world cup and to see my name on that that felt more more rewarding than anything yeah yeah that felt more important i was like all this hard work, all this struggle I had to do as, as a deaf person playing in a hearing world. And so I made it to this moment where I made the World Cup squad. Like, Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, congratulations. That's, I mean, going to Italy, facing other, you know, like yeah. Japan, Greece, and Not very uh, many people Russia. get to hear that sentence yeah. he just said. I made it on the World I, Cup squad. Unfortunately, sorry to bring this up, we had to play against Mexico to qualify, and we beat Mexico. So I'm going to say that. Congratulations. <laughs> he, he shoot it back. He said, <laughs> you know what? Hey, we did, hey, you we, guys beat us. We beat Mexico. <laughs> we beat Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's insane. That's totally insane. That's Who cool, did you though. play in your opening match? Japan. Japan. That was probably the hardest game because Japan, surprisingly, were very... Not surprisingly, they were technical. Japan's always been technical, mm-hmm. but they were very strong. These guys knew how to fight, mm-hmm. and we beat them one nothing with the school. We scored the goal, I think, the seventy first minute, and mm-hmm. we just kind of held it from there. The second game was against Greece. Now, at the time, Greece wasn't the best team in the World Cup. They were last in that rankings, but we just couldn't score. We were possessing. We had like seventy five percent possessing the whole game. We just couldn't score, so we ended the game with nil nil. And then we played Russia, which is one of the hardest teams to play against. And they creamed us 3 nothing, But mm-hmm. we had enough points to progress to the next round. Mm-hmm. And this uh, this was a bittersweet moment for me because that was the same year my Uma died. And Uma is German for grandmother. And mm-hmm. my grandma in Germany passed away that year. And we made it to the quarterfinal and we matched up with Germany. Mm-hmm. And my coach was like, you're starting against Germany. <laughs> I was like, oh. 
Let's talk about fate, dude. Like that's yeah, stuff that exactly. you couldn't even write. You can't write. You can't script that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't play the group stages because the coach had the best mm-hmm. eleven he felt was best. But when I he saw how I practiced, he saw how I came in as a subs for the last ten minutes of the games and sometimes, and uh, told me you're playing against Germany and I was just sitting there. I I needed five minutes to take a moment because I didn't know how mm-hmm. to react. So I was like, "Whoa, I'm playing against the country I was born in, where my uncles trained me at, and now I'm playing against them." And mm. Can you how imagine? Was, how was that uh, talking to your family? God. Did you call your parents? I called or? my mom. I, I didn't technically the whole international calling was a lot of money, but I yeah. texted, I DM'd my mom, and I told her I'm playing against Germany, and she was just sitting there like, "Dang!" Cheering on, That's just good. happy. That's insane. And then you suited up. You're, I guess they have you guys walk out. You get hear your yeah. anthems play right before the game. Yeah. How's that feeling? That was the best feeling ever to stand next to 11 of my teammates and just hear the national anthem play. Yeah. No, I don't. It's hard to describe the feeling because you have to be there to yeah. imagine it. And I hope that a lot of players that I coached and a lot of players that I helped get to the U.S. team can feel that feeling because that's no other feeling you'll mm-hmm. be in but that playing gets germany germany a country i was born in with my mother's side that was, that it's was, surreal it's, it's in yeah. it's in, i've never been more nervous for a game in my life to be honest mm-hmm. and nervous nervousness is good because you you care you want to do well and yeah it was a great back and forth game we played against them they scored then we scored with our midfielder trip neil he scored amazing 35 yard Bang. rocket banger mm-hmm. against germany um it wasn't until about the 85th minute where germany were able to find that spot open mm-hmm. and score and we were just trying to get that goal before the time runs and unfortunately we we got out, we knocked out in the quarterfinal mm. in germany but still made it to the world still cup yeah started got to play against germany that's insane and this is 2016 16, yeah so at the time how the tournament works, you know, in the FIFA tournament, if you lose in the group stage, you're going home. Mm-hmm. Because we have to stay there and fulfill our, like, last week and a half, you play for rankings. So when you lose the group stage and so, you play for rankings. Our next game was against England. Hmm. We went to PKs with England. We beat England there you go. in PKs. And I always had that in the back of my mind. You're like, what is it with England not winning in PKs? Yeah. It's, at, the, at, the, at the time. You want to talk about other curses, right? Yeah, that is definitely a curse. <laughs> Did you England. start that game as well? I, uh, sub- I got subbed in for the la- about 60, about the 60 minute. Mm-hmm. It didn't, didn't, I got subbed out around the 80th minute because I was, I was hurt. I got yeah. hurt. And I was like, give me off because I can't continue. Yeah, it's better to have someone. You, you acknowledge that it might be best to have someone else on there. So you have to sorry. because you don't want to. Uh, yes, mind over body. Yes, though. But this was at the time. This was when I was hurt with like, oh, I can barely get mm. going. So I had I need to get off because yeah. I don't want to be a detriment to the team while in play. Mm-hmm. Dang. So then after this World Cup, you get called up again for the World Cup in 2020? Was, that? Well, was it 2019? When's 2020 the... happened and then COVID happened mm-hmm. and they had to cancel it. Then, then the World Cup for that will happen in 2023 because they just didn't know when it was yeah. going to end. Um, unfortunately, on July 2020, 2021, when we were at training camp, that was at the moment in my life where I did this all my soccer, all my life. I did this for almost 10 years in the U.S. team. And at the time, I was just mentally in physically exhausted and my mental health at the time wasn't that great Mm -hmm. and I want to speak out to the players and so it's okay to say hey I need to take a break or hey I need to walk away because at the time I just with working and try to save money for plane tickets at the time before U.S. soccer decided to work with and my body was just physically drained Mm -hmm. and I just I, I I was playing my game and friendly it was and I played basically 70 minutes of the game. And that's when I, when I got slapped off, that's when I just realized I'm done. Mm-hmm. I, I can't continue anymore. I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I uh, had to go to a doctor after that and finally had the an- answers that uh, why I was feeling exhausted, why I was feeling fatigued, not only for my mental health because I was seeing a therapist mm-hmm. after that, but... My doctor said you're having a mental metabolic imbalance mm. where you're you're you have a hard time losing weight. You have a hard time you're you're more you're gaining weight. You're, 
you know, it's slower to lose weight for you. And that's at the time when I realized, oh, that's why. That's I, why you're feeling the way you yeah. do because that also affects the way that you feel. So. Yeah. It was harder to stay focused because it was mostly, it was mostly my endurance was struggling. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I could run a full pace, but I couldn't last 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it was, and I, that was a hard pill to swallow because I tried so hard to, uh, running up hills, sprint, mm-hmm. doing my sprints at the track, try to get, my endurance back up. It wasn't until after that moment I realized when I, my doctor told me you're having an imbalance, your your metabolic state is out of control, your thyroid's out of control, and mm-hmm. that's that's when I realized that I needed I needed to stop. I need to retire. Now I'm all, I, I will say never say never because right now in the process of re uh, fixing up my body, fixing up my mind, fixing up my thyroid, my metabolic. So we'll see and. We do have teammates that do come back, mm-hmm. and hopefully I'll come back even if it's one for one more game. And I like to do that because I want to go out on a way that I mm-hmm. feel is on my terms. Yeah, in a good game or so. So, are you trying to go back and make it to the World Cup? Uh, the next World Cup, which is uh, twenty three, twenty twenty six, I guess twenty twenty seven. I think I'll be around thirty five at the time, but. There's a lot. There's still 35 year olds playing. Yeah, that's still a lot of time. So I I'll, think. Uh, sorry to break you, but I think it's it's wonderful that you're talking about like the taking the breaks things. Um, yeah. I think I think the the sports world is is going in the right direction there too. Because I don't know if you've seen like the Powerade commercial. Yeah. With like all these like athletes like talking about the pause. Yeah. Like it's okay to take a pause. Like if you're feeling some type of way mentally, um, I'm glad that there's like a big. Uh, coverage on that like mental illness is a big thing yeah um so taking a pause and like stopping and letting your body rest and letting your mind rest for a bit and as soon as like you're saying you're taking the right directions you're drinking water you know your gallons of water and getting your sleep and all this stuff helping your body recover Mm -hmm. because like you said you're constantly you're you're working to get money to go to the you know the world cup so you're You're, working i mean i'm working eight to ten hours a day yeah so I think it's wonderful that you're able to take that pause and kind of look at yourself and say, I need to fix myself to be a better version of myself. And I encourage so all the athletes to do that. If you're yeah. at the moment where everything is too much, it's okay to stop. It's yeah. okay to pause and say, hey, I need to take a break and nothing against anyone. I need to work break, on myself. Yeah. Work on myself. Because mm-hmm. if you're going to work yourself to death, like it's the, the end, uh, we have this saying and, and it's like te quemas. Like you just basically you get burned, burn, out. Hey, you get burned out. Like, yeah. And then you never come back. It's better for you to take a pause and then come back. Like you said, I think it's wonderful that you're wanting to work on yourself for you can, so you can go on your mm-hmm. own terms, not you know anybody else's terms. So kudos to you for that. And I get uh, sympathize with a couple. There was a German player. Do you guys remember Andre Scherle? Yeah. yeah. He retired at a very young age, 29. Mm-hmm. But that's because he said, just like I was, just fatigued, mentally fatigued and body fatigued. This guy's won the World Cup. Mm-hmm. He's played in the biggest teams in the world. Played for Chelsea, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he said, I'm done. <laughs> he, yeah. And I can sympathize with that now because I was like, I get it. <laughs> yeah. And there's no shame into it. And I think a lot of athletes need to be okay with that and be aware of themselves that there are athletes that are just elite and they can continue on. And that's fine. But there are uh, athletes that, hey, you got to just take mm-hmm. a break. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's rough, but... Uh, Kudos to you for, for being able to take that step because not a lot of people can, yeah. like you said. And uh, I'm thankful to my teammates for understanding and my coach. Nothing but love for me gave me a hug. It says, you've been, you're you've doing done, this. You've done your part, yeah. you basically said, huh? And I'm happy to contribute to my teammates that played in the uh, Deaf Paralympic Games, which is in 2019. I didn't make the squad because, I was, again, I was that was at that time period where my body was just mm-hmm. struggling. But we we were we had the first gold medal in team history. Nice. In the Paralympic Games and that proud of the proud of the help my teammates have because not a lot of people not a lot of athletes realize when especially high school athletes it, people say oh you're a bench warmer you're on the bench you come in and sub no at the practice field you're actually helping your teammates mm-hmm. get better you're contributing to their skills because when the skills in the field that per- player needs all that skills. To help his team, exactly. your team, win championships, mm-hmm. 
and you contribute to that. So you deserve a medal too. You mm-hmm. deserve the trophy too because you help contribute making building a better team while mm-hmm. you're on the team. Yeah, because I I think that's wonderful because if you say let's say you have eleven players, like you just have your eleven, how are they going to get better? Yeah, they yeah. can get better individualistically, but it's just like if you pair them up with like another eleven, they can consistently work, consistently yeah. work. So you're getting better every single day, but you're not doing it on your own. Like yeah. you're doing it with your teammates on the field, like practicing with them, against them, you know, fighting against them, getting into like tussles. But that's everybody. And just because you're not in the starting eleven yeah. doesn't mean you're not part of the team. Yeah. And kids don't see that sometimes. So I always try to change that mindset of a mm. lot of Kids and people say, "Oh, but they barely—they didn't play in the whole World Cup, and so, but they did on the practice field. They helped this team win the, win the gold." Yep. Yeah. yeah, I think people that think like that are just—they're <laughs> wrong. Period. Yeah, they're yeah. so yeah. wrong. Even as little kids, like, no, that's. Yeah. Someone would say, you know, you're only as good as your worst player on yeah. the team, and you're right because when you practice with your twenty, like. The good players need that challenge, yeah. and you know it just goes vice versa both and, ways. And I also want to give a, a good shout out to my one of my good friends, Kellen Acosta, who plays for the USA team mm-hmm. in LAFC right now. We're good friends. We text each other. He would always give me wonderful quotes and wonderful Bible verses to kind of keep my mind in mm-hmm. positive frame. So I thank him for that a lot. And he's doing well with F- LAFC and killing it. And I'm very proud of him that he's getting better. He's going to play playing next to Cellini. Right, isn't that that's insane? That's insane. <laughs> this is the way soccer just does that, yeah. and maybe possibly against Messi in the next few years if he goes to Miami. Who knows? My money's on Argentina in this World Cup. To be you honest, think so? I think so. They're I like a really good team. They're a really good team. I like them too. I think they have. A, I don't know Brazil or Argentina though. And I think Messi's at a good place in his life right now, where he doesn't feel he's under the pressure. When he moved to Paris Saint Germain, now he has Neymar, Mbappe, all these players. Yeah. He doesn't feel like he's the. Well, that move has been kind of strange, right? Because it is. this yeah. might be the first time that Messi actually has a better team on the national team than he does with his club team. And because I, before, it was always playing alongside Xavi yeah. and every, all the stars at Barcelona. But yeah. now, that Argentina team is probably a lot better than that PSG team. So this is like a different space for him, as well as having that weight lifted off, having one trophy with Argentina already. He kind of feels like he's done what he needed Not to. Not only that, but I think the weight of pressure is off from him, from the club team, so he can put mm-hmm. the majority of that focus with his national team. Yeah. And I think that's leading him, that's leading to their sex to possibly, success possibly winning the World Cup, and I hope it does, because they're a really good team, and Messi deserves it. Yeah. Uh, if, if you've seen his current games, he's like back to prime Messi. Yeah. Like, and that's what he's he playing like. like 2008 Messi, like, well, the team caters to him now, yeah. and I feel like they just have figured yeah. it out. And I want to speak um, back to the high school days when I was in high school. My coach, Jared Cleland, time, we, he was a big Barcelona fan. Our, our style was tiki-taka. Mm-hmm. That helped us get it to the semifinal before the state championship. And tiki-taka works, unfortunately. It faded off because a lot of teams started to figure it out. Yeah. But tiki-taka at the time was... Excellent. That that's the one thing everybody wanted to emulate, you know. That oh was, yeah, it was because it, it's beautiful soccer. Mm-hmm. It's just like pass, pass, mm-hmm. pass, pass, and then result. Mm-hmm. I guess it's just wonderful. I'll admit more. I'll admit it does bore me, but then I, it clicked for me. Then I like, oh, I get it. I it get gets it. boring whenever people just start playing back, parking the bus, and playing counter attack, and it does tend to get boring. I, and I, it, same with scoring one goal, then kind of holding the, mm-hmm. the game from there. I kind of get it, but at the time, from 2008 to 2000... That's the way Paulo does it at Bishop McGinnis. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> from no. 2008 to 20, 2012, Spain and Barcelona was... Yeah, that's the one of the better, best teams team of all time. ever made. Yeah, yeah. Cantona said that Spain didn't win the World Cup, Barcelona won the World Cup. Well, Barcelona and Real Madrid did. <laughs> well, I mean, there's like two Real Madrid players. The, whole, all, the rest of yeah, them were yeah, Barcelona players. The rest of the Barcelona players yeah. and. I think Madrid had the last laugh because all these Champions League that have been yeah. winning the last. <laughs> uh, don't even give me started, <laughs> sorry about that. So, but Patrick, uh, what are you into like now? So, what are you doing nowadays? Right now, I'm working for LPS. I'm in the trying to transition to be a teacher. I have my degree and everything, so I'm trying to be a teacher for the kids and finding a coaching position in high school level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right now, I've gained a lot of muscle mass weight because I used to be a skinny soccer player. Now I've when for, I went to Fernando Torres route and when I saw you walk in I was like this guy's huge but then you started talking about how you're like a like a fullback and then you're also like like a winger I'm like a sprinter I'm like what 
Yeah. Like, this guy's muscle, like pure muscle. There's no way this guy I did gain some mass. So that's back then I was a little bit toned and more. Yeah, I was like, this guy's like an Adama fit. right now. Like he's got like 99 pace, but like 99 physicality. There's he's looking no like me, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but I went to Fernando. But I, I got tired of cardio. So I love cardio, but I yeah. got tired of it. Just decided to do some CrossFit and I enjoy CrossFit This a is lot. the first time I've heard somebody say they love cardio. Yeah. This is the first time I've heard somebody it's say it. It's a love hate relationship with cardio you, and soccer. You don't players. get runners high. <laughs> no. No, I don't think he has, and I try to explain it to him because I, I, him, I yeah, do yeah, long yeah. running, and it's different. That's that's that I, I don't understand how that's a thing. You like, just need to crazy. go run, bro. Not Five a, minutes a day, just do something. My, my biggest thing is just like for running, it's just like there's no angle, you know? It's like there's no point. But there's goals that you can yeah, have yeah. while you're running. So yeah. if you want to do a 10 minute at a slow breathing pace, yeah. like. Once you line up your breathing with your running, like that, that's when you hit that. But I, but I also strongly encourage a lot of players to do yoga, learn to meditate. Learn oh, to yeah. Like, There's like yoga tomorrow at the Ferris wheel. I think I'm, I, I've been thinking about going there. There you go. I think so. Well, yeah. If you go, go to the very back. God, that's what I'm going to do. Go to the very back, not be in the front. Mm. But uh, I think when it comes to like the running, I think it's so dumb. But I've never like processed. No, 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 no. Not <laughs> running. running is dumb. No, <laughs> very like dumb. Like me, mm-hmm. me. Like I've never... I don't know why, but I've never, you know, how they're like, oh, run, breathe, like, breathe in through your nose and out your mouth. Whatever. I've never been it able to do practice. that. It takes practice. It takes practice. I've never been able that. to do that, dude. You need to, that means you need to run slower. I've just been the, <laughs> that type. Like, I've never been able to, like, oh God, it's like oh, someone's stabbing me. It hurts. Yeah, I can't. Dude, it sucks. Drink a gallon of water a day. It'll help you. <laughs> this guy, 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 this uh, whenever uh, Germany won the World Cup, were you like, did you go crazy? Did your family go crazy? It was or, the uh, same year my Uma passed, uh-huh. and it was again bittersweet because it's always rough. Obviously, yeah. And it was to, but being a fan of Germany, being being happy for Bastian Schweinsteiger, yeah, Philip Lahm, and them because I literally watched them when I was a kid. Same with the U.S. team, but watching those guys finally keep cream. Excuse me. Achieve the dream for losing the 2010 World Cup in the semifinal against Spain, losing the semifinal against Spain again in the European leagues, and then just snatching it out of Messi's yeah. hands right at the end. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Miroslav as well, right? Yeah. But uh, the, Germany was fulfilled with all stars in that. They were insane. They're insane. A more mature uh, Lucas Podolski. You know, Podolski is highly underrated. I just wish he would have more playing time in that tournament, but he didn't. But I remember him pretty vividly when he came on as a brand new star uh, in the 2006 World Cup. He was young. Podolski was different, man. That yeah. was that was my favorite World Cup because it was in Germany, so mm-hmm. my family was. But that World Cup felt that was the fun World Cup. It was. That was a very fun World Cup. It's a, uh, old uh, mature Ronaldinho R10. That Messi's first World Cup that time. Mm-hmm. Argentina was a good team. It was uh, very much like a passing of the torch kind yeah. of World Cup because old Ronaldo was on that Brazil team as well. Zizou, uh, Zizou, that's Zizou's headbutt uh, World Cup right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one was that one was special. That one was good. I missed that Brazil team. They were oh, a great team. Sh- I love watching the YouTube videos. That was an era. Oh man, the 2002 World Cup. I was still a kid, but that was a rough World Cup because you have to get up 3 a.m., 4 a.m. because it was in Japan. Mm-hmm. So you have to, if you want to watch a live game, you can watch get up at 3 a.m., 4 a.m. But if you want to watch a replay, you sleep your normal hours and watch a replay at afternoon. But no one wants to do that because you mm-hmm. already know the score. Yeah, because like it's the same thing. Like the Olympics came, I wanted to watch like the the things, but it was like super 3 a.m., 4 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. stuff to watch. Yeah. But, you, uh, but I think um, what are your what are your thoughts on? Uh, uh, so, like, the Germany coach has been there for a while, right? Yeah. Joachim. Uh, uh, Fleck or... Uh, what, do you think on, what do you think on that? Do he's doing great be? with him. He's, I love that he's bringing back some of the veterans in because at the time, uh, I forgot his name. Uh, what was the original German coach? Joachim uh, Lowe? Joachim Lowe, yeah. Uh, he, was, he basically kind of pushed the veterans away. He wanted to introduce new players and younger players, but it wasn't working. Yeah. It wasn't working. I guess they had that lack of leadership on that team. Uh, I, I guess you could count uh, Kimmich for being a leader because he's a great player yeah. in his Kimmich, own right. Kimmich is my favorite player in the uh, German side. He reminds me exactly like Lom. He yeah. has that style and yep. has that. And um, to see Flick come in and bring in a couple of veterans back in, like Thomas Muller, uh, 
Kemet is kind of in that veteran he's, role. Yeah, now. he's like yeah, he's like in that little vibe. But to see him bring some of the players back in Germany, he's been doing great with the friendly. So I hope to see him go far in the World Cup. If they win the World Cup, then great. But I mostly could put my money on Argentina. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah, me as well. Like it's either gonna, for me, it's either going to be Argentina or Brazil. Now, England is struggling right now in friendlies, but I, England's been killing in tournaments and making it to the final mm-hmm. with the last, with the European Cup. Uh, that was a, uh, that was that was sad for them. For the penalty kicks. Yeah, I, I always talk to Ricardo about it. I uh, some of the coaching staff that I work with, they're all English, so I went to go watch the Euros with them. Yeah, it was just like me and like all these English guys, and there's like a couple of French guys there. Yeah, and like the French guys were just sticking it at the English guys, and it, it was so rough. To the French watch. and English don't like each other. They, trust me, it's not a, it's not really a soccer thing. It's a lot of history kind of thing. Oh yeah, it was it was rough. Like like. Watching them get so like crazy and happy in like the first two minutes because Luke Shaw scored, they're like going crazy. And watching it and slowly then get ripped it, away. Yeah, and then just like tables were flipped. Yeah, they were gonna get flipped regardless, but tables were flipped. And I felt bad for England because it was in their in it was in Wembley Stadium and the fans breaking the rules of the COVID rules because the time you go they go and they they didn't care they just stormed that stadium mm-hmm. i think it's uh like the the best thing that came out of that was like uh you know how they were like oh it's coming home mm-hmm. and then i think it was bonucci who like came up to the the camera and he was like it's coming to rome, rome. i was just like whoa bar was wow. a bar Bro. this guy it's a bar right there bonucci bonucci and Cellini to me probably the best, best center pair. backs of yep. all time best pair that's what Mourinho said too He's like, I think they could both be professors at a university and show you how to be the best, best center, backs. center backs. Who's the best deaf soccer player of all time? Uh, right now, it would probably be my old teammate, Matthew Eby, because he was the only one that made it to the pro level in USL. I think he played for the Richmond team. Mm-hmm. back. This was USL's early days. Mm-hmm. But right now, in terms of current uh, young kid, 21 years old, Brandon Anderson, we were at training camp in Louisville. That was the one where I told my coach, I'm done. Yeah. He got scouted by University of Louisville, University of Kentucky, just for that training camp really? alone. He he's sick. Jeez. And to see him doing well, and he's if if I I'll be surprised if he doesn't make it to the USL or MLS level because mm-hmm. he's a really good player. And we got a lot of young guys that are killing it right now, and I'm very proud of them. And I, I was glad to be that veteran at the time to mm-hmm. guide them, to give them all the notes, give them all they need to prepare for camps, prepare for all this, and. Hopefully, with the 2023 World Cup, uh, 2023, yeah, next year, uh, they're going to do well. We went to the de- – there were the Death Olympics happened, actually, earlier this year in March. That was supposed to happen in 2020, 2019, but then – no, yeah. no, 2020, mm-hmm. yeah. That COVID hit because we had two tournaments the same year, and uh, we made it to the uh, quarterfinal. We lost to uh, Turkey. And Turkey right now is the number one deaf team in the world. That's what my next question was going to yeah. be, who the number one team is right now. Turkey, Turkey. Germany, and uh, what was third? What was it? Ukraine. Who has Ukraine. the most uh, World Cups under their belt? Turkey. Turkey? Really? Turkey. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, when would, do you know when the first World Cup for the... The very first deaf World Cup was 2008. 2008. 2008 very recent. So hmm. Turkey's won majority of that. Uh, I think Germany won the second World Cup. But but uh, Ukraine's coming up because Ukraine's they're very passionate, very motivated mm-hmm. now with what's going on with their country, mm-hmm. and we actually have a Ukraine immigrant come to our U.S. U.S. Mm-hmm. team, and uh, he's played for us now, so that's great. Uh, he he wanted to get out of here. This was before the war, but he wanted to get out of the country because mm-hmm. he felt unease with his family, and so and they moved to New York City, and he's played with our team ever since, and. He's, he's been a good player for us and a good guider for us because mm. he played at that team that's growing and getting probably going to win the World the World Cup next year, most likely. Mm. That's crazy. That's co- it's cool to see the availability, though, yeah. the accessibility for those type of players. There's also a blind soccer team as well. There is. What other type of teams are there? Uh, Paralympic soccer team. Where Paralympics? Where if you have cerebral palsy, uh, mm-hmm. one leg, you know, missing limbs, a disability, actual, di- not that I'm not trying to yeah. say my, but uh, disabilities where you're handicapped in a way, the Paralympic team has that. And thankfully, uh, colleges are starting to develop Paralympic 
conferences for oh, soccer. Wow. So Clemson's the first team. Clemson has a Paralympic soccer team now. Mm. So hopefully more colleges, colleges will fall suit and it'll be accessible for a lot of players. And Scholarships stuff. will be provided yep. so people are going to be able to score to school for that. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. That's awesome. There's so much different soccer going on. Yeah. Like, uh, My football. And I love that. Like, I, I've, I mean, not taking away from anything else, but like I saw this um, uh, soccer video of like guys on motorcycles playing with like a like you know have you seen yeah, the, the seen rocket that. league have you, you know rocket league I've the seen, game i've seen yeah, yeah i've seen, seen the, i've like seen that. the germany and russia have this crazy ice soccer league see it's like it's, it's just so insane dude dangerous. that sounds like it hurts yeah <laughs> just giving a slight a two-footed with uh, <laughs> with some blades on your feet but you know what i'm talking about like the, they're playing like yeah, a motorcycle yeah, like whipping it's it like a big soccer it. ball mm-hmm. oh i thought it was so funny i, I europe, thought it was rocket league yeah europe has some strange sports there and there's a you know, there's a documentary in Italy. This is in Florence, Italy. They have this sport called. Uh, yes, I've seen it. It's like terribly violent. They're basically just like in the crap soccer and basketball. And there's three teams in the city, and you basically get born into that team, and they do it every year, and it's kind of like bragging rights. But I'm talking like they're legit fist fighting, like gladiator <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff. But, but the the craziest one I've seen is the cheese run. I don't remember where it is. But it's just like oh, they, yeah. they like just do it like a, oh, a they just wheel roll of cheese it down and they just roll it down the hill and first one to get you, it wins. You're going to give me a ton of Guinness to do that <laughs> in order for me to say yes. That looks terrible. I just think I fractured my collarbone one time and I just think about all the bones that get broken unnecessarily. <laughs> so, uh, so so you live in Lawton now? Currently in Lawton. I am trying to move to Oklahoma City sometime. I think it's just finding the right opportunity and career and mm-hmm. find the right career that helps pay the bills right now because I owe student loans so I have to make sure... Everything's yeah. right I could live. And you're also looking for a coaching position. So mm-hmm. if there's any high school yeah. programs in Oklahoma City looking for their coaches, Patrick Shea is the guy we'll that does. It. I know there's up. I know there's uh Crooked Oak is looking for assistant coaches. Yeah. So I'll talk to Matt that. about that. Yeah. We'll see how that happens. Because some, yeah. somebody my A D from Bishop hit me up saying that they were looking for assistant coaches. So that could definitely be they're something. trying to they're trying to get you to go be the coach or whatever. <laughs> they're I, trying to kick me out. They're just like, Hey Paolo, there's an assistant coach position yeah. at Cricket Oak. <laughs> I would love I would love to work for the energy too, not as a mm-hmm. coach, but somewhere in the background, mm-hmm. like working in ticketing and so because I love to be around soccer. I like to be yeah. working yeah. for type of business. I want to learn within the business. Yeah. And whether it happens or not, I like to make enough money to be an owner or mm-hmm. make enough money to be an agent so where I could learn the business side yeah. of sports. And yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a very small community oh, yeah. in Oklahoma City, so just stick around and you'll learn something. And uh, I wanted to say that I'm very happy to see the energy. Well, mm-hmm. this season's been a yeah, postponed I mean, the, kind of season. Postponement. But, but it's nice to see a USL team in Oklahoma City because as a kid, we didn't. the only soccer league was on TV or... Mm-hmm go to FC Dallas at the time Dallas Burn mm-hmm. they need to keep that name or the Dallas jerseys yeah, that's a good name huh Burn considering how hot it gets out there too but I think when that multi-purpose stadium gets built and the USL team comes back yeah. and we start seeing more high school games yeah. getting played out of that stadium wherever it is it's it's gonna yeah. come back up really hard I, I want to continue talking to the energy if we could bring if it's just one it's one I love to bring a street fo- futsal court mm-hmm. in Laden just so the kids can have something to do for the summer after mm-hmm. school. We just spoke to Chickasha about that. I know, Chickasha said the, same the thing. exact yeah. same thing. Chickasha yeah. said, we want a futsal court. We have a lot of unused tennis courts out yeah. here that can be repurposed. I remember living in Germany, just futsal court down the street from my parents' house. Would walk there, just kick the ball at the goal. And just, mm-hmm. there's, oh, there's something there. And Europe has it everywhere. And players can d- definitely develop their skills and their mentality and their d- discipline in these sports of futsal courts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that, where that's, the best skills yeah. are learned on the streets. Yeah, there's a French guy that plays uh, here. Um, I just lost his name. Uh, You've brought him up before, though. But he 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 said the same thing that you just said. He said that in France, there's like futsal courts everywhere. And yeah. He's like, and that's where we go and we learn how to play there. And like you said, the discipline and and that's where you kind of work on your first set of skills and then you go and translate that into the test your mind because you're going to be around people that talk crap oh yeah that's the number one spot to get like crapped on like that is that's that's where you have to work on yeah we got two futsal courts we got we got to put one in chickasha and we have to put one in latin put one in latin the list is growing the list is growing all right but uh, nice but uh yeah thank you guys for having me and hopefully uh love to talk to the energy bring them to latin and find a space for them yeah we can create you know and and if you're a parent, 
that has a child that's deaf or disabled in any way, uh, please look up usdeafsoccer.com US and you're gonna help, you're gonna find your ways to get your child into playing soccer for the deaf team and hopefully your child could be a future gold medal winner and we definitely need more kids and they're not alone and, mm -hmm. and I'm here to guide, help guide them, help give them the opportunities they can achieve their athletic dreams in any way they can. How can they find you? How they find me on my Instagram, mm -hmm. uh, Patrick Ryan Shea, uh, P-A-T-R-I-C-K-R-Y-A-N-S-H-E-A. -E okay, and then we'll have your email address somewhere in the bio yeah. so people can contact you and email you that but, way. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited because our team is growing and I'm glad to see that. And we definitely, we want to start a youth youth team, a mm -hmm. deaf youth team because the other countries are starting to do that too. So we want to get that going and give them the platform, the experience and give them the opportunities they could get and it's going to help college and we're getting more college scouts looking at our team now than ever before so that's going to help getting more college opportunities for those kids too yeah so this is a good conversation to be having right here. great conversation like yeah. i said it's opening up a door for our listeners who didn't even know um and maybe for those kids that didn't know either like uh, i know you said that you didn't even know like you looked it up on a link and yeah then you're basically mm -hmm. your whole life just changed you visited italy and now mm -hmm. you you know played in a world cup yeah. and it's insane. curiosity is the key of my life pretty much yeah that's awesome that's awesome go. well i'm glad that you were able to help us open this door for yeah thank you guys for having me thank you for giving me the platform to share my story and speak and share this news anytime around. where would you be without soccer where would i be yeah. well, i actually thought about this really hard i would probably have been doing MMA. Really? I love MMA. <laughs> if I wasn't playing soccer, I'd just be beating the crap out of people. <laughs> uh, I was bullied all my majority of my really? school life, so really? I I learned to fight. I really? learned to fight from doing jujitsu classes, mm -hmm. and I encourage all parents. Uh, I understand violence <laughs> yeah. is not the key, and so, but honestly, if you want to earn anybody's respect, and so you learn, if you can learn to defend yourself, yeah. Yeah. Gives you that confidence. I think it's just funny. It's like I, I encourage parents to let their kids beat other people up. <laughs> I mean, we've all we were talking about this the other day that we all as kids run into that situation where you run back to your mom and they say, "Hey, like he's beating me up," and they say, "Well, look, either you beat them up or I'll beat you up for yeah. not yeah. defending yourself." So. Thankfully, martial arts—it's not about beating anyone; it's a discipline. Mm -hmm. in it's being if, able if, to defend yourself. What I love about martial arts is you can tell from a, a professional MMA fighter how nice they are, how they approach things, how they're humble they are, and they're they're not as talkative, but they're mm -hmm. they're like you feel that presence, like you don't want to mess that yeah, guy. Yeah, feel that aura. They, they could feel it, but you could feel it with their confidence, their humbleness. The chi. Yeah. yeah, the Kai. That's awesome. Yeah. No, but man, we uh, like I said, we appreciate you, you know, reaching out, and uh, yeah. that goes out to anybody else who's listening that they feel like their story should be shared. I mean, Ricardo's DMs are always open, mine are always open, and we'd love to have appreciate more. Appreciate that. Because mm -hmm. that's what the podcast is: is the Mass Football Podcast. So it's like more football all across the board, all across the state, and hopefully someday all across the nation. Mm -hmm. I love. I'd love to come back if you guys are ever going to do like a World Cup prediction type of podcast, like. I love to talk smack yeah, and just bring a couple gallons of Guinness for us and we'll get it started. Oh, <laughs> he's, oh. Already, oh. he's already I've, got his own gallon. Ever, ever since I retired, well, semi-retired, but I'm at the moment retired at the moment. Uh, I, I learned to love cigars and really? again, it's a good, nice. good cigar because that helps great conversation. Sounds like a vibe so. right there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. A podcast with like a gallon of Guinness and a cigar. We should definitely have a, a podcast episode where we do World Cup predictions like right before, you know? Yeah. I think that'd like, be a good topic to hit oh, the streets. Like, we, like just, we do like a whole bragging, you know, uh -huh. like who it makes it out. Drunk, there is there is a pot soccer podcast where they drink before they talk, and drunk podcasts are the best. Are just they? It's the most honest <laughs> one. Yes, yeah. it's the most honest ones. I'm a little yeah. scared. I'm really a little scared of having that. And then it's, this mostly, guy. it's mostly the Englishmen that do it. So though you'll find out. I think there's a couple of drunk podcasts you could find, That's mostly funny. from England. Oh, yeah. Well, I appreciate you for coming on, as well as being flexible with me as well, because he hit yeah. me up when I was out of town, and we took that huge break, but I think now we're going to start pumping these episodes out pretty soon. So. Yeah. I'll, I'll be working on a vacation, bro. I've never been to Cancun or Cabo, so I'm probably going to look you gotta into that. you got to hit the beach. And the, go oh. the thing I like about Cancun is that it's so cheap once you travel to Dallas, and I tell that you can go and come back for like 200 bucks. From out of Dallas. Really? So. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm going to be a travel agent, so if you need, you know, <laughs> travel yeah, agent. agent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because, I've been, because I barely took a vacation saving money for work and paying plane stuff, tickets. Huh? 
everybody's been to Cancun, but I haven't been to Cancun, so I just want to go check it out and experience it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful out there. No. Well, do you have anything to say, Paul? No, I mean, I can't stop, you know, saying thank you for uh, reaching out to us, and uh, I can't wait to see um, more info about it and kind of uh, be more in touch with, you know, with the U.S. national team. And uh, man, I love how like your culture just all like yeah. mixes, you know, German, Irish, mm-hmm. in the U.S. and that's yeah, awesome, I, man. Yeah, what I love about the culture of the Deaf World Cup, we're all we all mostly stay in the same hotel. So I never thought I'd envision in my life to hang out with an Iranian and our countries mm-hmm. politically don't like each other, but hanging out with them, we're just mm-hmm. having, playing some board games, just talking about anything. So it, that's what I love about the world cup. And I, and I hope to see more of that mm-hmm. people hanging out with yeah. people because we're all just people loving the game and chasing the same dream. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Are there any social media pages that we can follow to stay more informed with any of the death? U S deaf soccer. Mm-hmm. They have their Instagram page, Facebook page. I think the women's and men's team have their own separate pages. You can easily find them on their main, on the main USA mm-hmm. deaf soccer page. Is there uh, any Oklahoma association for any of that kind of stuff? Or say that again? Like an Oklahoma association I'm, for... I currently want to work on that. I just don't know who to contact. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oklahoma, the, the OKC American Outlaws been helping me tremendously mm-hmm. with funds and spreading the word out there. And I think uh, Colin Mall for that because without him and without them, yeah. I wouldn't be here getting my way to the world, to the training camps. And so because they... Matt would, uh, Colin, Colin, sorry, Colin would say, oh, you, when's your training camp? Uh, about two months. I, I got to save up money for it. We got you. We're going to yeah. fund for you. And thankfully all the fans and my friends been contributing. So the last three years I didn't have to pay for training. I asked because but, I feel like there's an opportunity to where we can help. Yeah. You know, whether it's just yep. getting the word out or yeah. spreading some information. And, and you could donate to the U.S. Deaf Soccer because that money's going to go towards travel, go towards mm-hmm. players that need a little bit extra. But with U.S. Soccer finally working with us, I think they'll be more different. But we'll stay, still take donations for equipment and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Nice. Awesome. Well, let us know. However yeah. we can help, let's oh. do it. I'll send you the DMs. Nice. <laughs> well, um, again, Patrick, I appreciate you, you guys coming. Thank you Paulo, um, we did it oh, again. Did I think this again. one without arguing, so thank goodness. <laughs> uh, what have you guys been doing? Well, have we basically almost did some MMA out here yesterday, this uh, morning. Yeah, we, we got pretty into it when it came to the Mexican national team. So, But anyways, that's not even... <laughs> I do like y'all's new logo. Yeah. You do? Yeah. I, I, I'm a traditionalist, but I am warming up to yeah. it. I'm very excited for the 2026 World Cup here in, here in Mexico and Canada. It's going to be... It's gonna be bananas, isn't it? Dallas one, I you you have to put your name on that lottery. It's it, those tickets go out quick. Yeah, that's what we were, you know, talking and contemplating what these prices are gonna look yeah. like, what the process is going to be like, and all. That's that why I'm saving money now. It's a, it's a once in a lifetime thing. You really, know? it's if it's a game again, if it's Senegal versus Croatia. I'll see a World Cup game. Fine. Yeah, I don't really. Care. I mean, it's just being out there. It's on a. It's a bucket list. Yeah. Thing. I think it's just going to be a whole party the whole month. So. I'm excited for it. I can't wait for it. Yeah. Well, tell the listeners that tuned in today. I appreciate you guys for listening. If you made it this far, you are awesome. Um, but stay tuned for the next episode. Peace. Peace. See ya.